Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never Ever, never, ever give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, it is a dangerous thing when a heart turns away from the living God. We know from scripture that the word heart includes the entire human personality. That is a person's mind, will, and emotions. The core of one's being where there is no pretense. The heart of a man is who he truly is. So, What happens when a person's heart turns, abandoned, falls away from the living God? Well, we are going, we are going to talk about that today. And what about the ones who are so bodacious enough to believe that they can that they can stay in willful purposeful sin and expect for God to usher them into his kingdom in spite of a rebellious life while claiming the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior beloved listen The term, quote-unquote, eternal security, as a lot of these apostate wolves in sheep's clothing are preaching out of these apostate churches today because people still love sin, claiming the name. And we know from Scripture that... 
You cannot be in rebellion to the living God and claim that you are born again. 1 John chapter 3 lays it all out for us. He clearly identifies who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because based on what's written over there, it is clear who truly belongs to God and who are playing. So that whole terminology about eternal security, it is filled with pride, arrogance, and a sense of entitlement. Listen, how can we say to holy God that we are going to heaven in spite of living a willful, deliberate, blatant, disobedient, reckless, wretched life, all the while claiming the name of Jesus? How is that even possible? Listen, you got to be some kind of arrogant, cocky soul to tell God to his face that even though his son, Jesus Christ, died and shed his blood for me and was made sin for me, I'm going to live my life on my terms and because I've made a confession for Christ, you got to bring me into the kingdom of God. Beloved, let me help you get your life right before God strikes you down in your foolishness. Proverbs 15:10. There is severe severe discipline for him who turns away from the way of righteousness and he who hates correction will die. Let me repeat that. There is severe discipline for him who turns, turns from the way of righteousness and he who hates correction will die. Beloved, the Lord is not playing with us. We will have, listen, we will have to give an account for every action, every choice, every thought, every deed we do, whether they be good or evil. We will, in fact, be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ. So, why are we still playing with eternity? Because I don't know if you realize it or not. Life is temporal. It is temporary. Listen, we are here and then we are not. But that spirit, that soul on the inside of you will go on to live somewhere in eternity, whether that be the kingdom of God 
or the lake of fire. Listen to this. Proverbs 10, 29 to 30 in the Amplified, it says, The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the upright, but it is ruin to those who do evil. Verse 30. The consistently righteous will never be shaken, but the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. The King James says it like this. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wick, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. Amen. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we come to you today to give you thanks, honor, and glory. Thank you for by your grace, we have woken up today in our right minds so that we can praise you for your salvation. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. We come to you, Father, today with clean hands and a heart that longs to please you, Father. We find from Scripture that tells us that your ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. And Father, thank you, Holy Spirit. In response to what you've just told us, we have Psalm 86:11, and based on your ways are higher than our ways, will we say, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to, to fear your name. Amen. Father, teach us your way so that we may, in fact, walk in your truth. Because, Father, it is so easy to be deceived even when we believe we are walking the straight and narrow path and the fact that we have an adversary we can miss it even still. But what I'm coming to find out more and more, Father, the more we walk with you, the more we rely on you and trust in you, our way 
seems to go smoother and smoother. And when there is a bump in the road, we don't we don't falter, we don't fall to pieces. We rely on the strength of the Lord because the strength of the Lord it is our joy. We find strength when we can come to our heavenly Father in the name of our Lord <clears throat> of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and whatever the situation, whatever the crisis, what what Ever is going on. We can come to you with the sound knowledge that we have fellowship because up, up until the crisis, we were walking consistently, habitually in the way of the Lord. And we know because of that, we find refuge. We come to you as a strong tower, seeking help in the time of need. But if we have been living a life of sin, making sin a lifestyle, then when calamity shows up, wisdom says, she will laugh at our destruction. She will laugh at where we find ourselves in because we've rejected wisdom. We have turned from the way of righteousness. We've gone our own way. We were disobedient, obstinate, and reckless. And then when trouble shows up, where do we go? Because scripture tells us, Father, James 4, 6 tells us, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, Father, with all of that being said, I ask for wisdom today, discernment, a sober mind, more of your grace. Show me the way to go. And I pray and I plead this on behalf of my brothers and sisters in Christ that they come to you seeking the way that is right to take. Father, we need you more now than ever before as we see the day of Christ's return fastly approaching. Help us today. Strengthen us that we don't fall away, that we don't give up on Jesus, that we don't abandon our faith. Help us, Father. We need you. Thank you for sending Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. He guides us. He leads us. 
He points the way to Jesus. May we put away all sin. Father, we repent. We have a change of mind. No longer do we want to live a life of sin, but we want to live a life of holiness, righteousness, and sanctification. Thank you, Father. Bless your holy name. We give you reverence and praise and worship this day. Glory be to God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, I want to give us some scriptures because we need to know about whom the God we serve. Listen. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I, <clears throat> I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he also tells us in Matthew 6, 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. What things? What we going to eat? What we going to wear? What we going to drink? Life essentials. Those things we need to get on in this life. Jesus says, the Father knows we have need of these things. If he takes care of of the sparrows, how much more will he take care of us? So we don't have to run after those things like the world. We don't, thank you, Holy Spirit, has to be part of the rat race. Jesus is telling us where the focus should be on. It should be on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, learning and maintaining our right standing with God, finding out those things that pleases him, finding out and learning and being disciplined in the things that are holy, good, and righteous. That's the focus, because when our focus is there, then all that we need in this life has already been taken care of by our Heavenly Father. So listen, Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Mm -hmm. Jesus tells us in Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen. Listen, the Christ, the living Christ, already told us he is the way. 
not one of many ways, but the only way to the Father. So when we follow him, we know we are heading to the Father and his kingdom. Listen, without Christ Jesus, we are going the opposite way. We are going the way to destruction. Listen, you cannot be on board with Jesus Christ going the right way. And then for whatever reason, you look to the left and to the right and you see all the quote unquote fun that the world is having. And you think that you can have the world and Jesus at the same time. Well, I hate to break it to you, beloved, but you and I are greatly deceived. You cannot love both God and the devil. Either you are going to love one and despise the other, or you are going to greatly be devoted to one and hate the other. Either way, you can't hold hands with the devil and God and expect to live a life of peace and joy? Because, beloved, my hand is the first to be raised. You will go absolutely crazy trying to live a dual life like that. Nope. 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 Listen. I want to read us before we get going. Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 13. Listen, this is the compassion of the Lord. He says, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? He said, he says, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear, the Lord is saying, hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Amen. He's talking about us Gentiles. Beloved, I cannot express it enough. Do not let these Torah keepers get you to believe that we have any part 
in that old covenant that God had expressly, exclusively with Israel. This is yet another scripture that tells us that Gentiles, this nation of people, did not know God. Listen, verse 5, where are we at? Isaiah 55, chapter 1. Behold, you shall call a nation, that's us Gentiles, that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Why? Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Amen. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked, verse 7, forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Verse 12, for you shall go out in joy, glory be to God, and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. That's the God whom we serve. Amen. So, beloved, listen. That is why, okay, that is why we are cautioned throughout Scripture about not remaining, not remaining steadfast in your faith for Christ. Listen, we are warned numerous times not to abandon the faith by rejecting the message we once believed about salvation. 
from scripture, we see the consequence of unbelief and forfeiting your salvation that was given to us as a free gift. But because but because of the increase of sin, many who were who were in Christ turned and left the one who bought them with his precious blood. Beloved, Hebrews chapter 3 is very sobering, for it warns us of the peril of unbelief and of a heart that turns away from the living God. So we got to come over here to Hebrews chapter 3. Beloved, I cannot express this enough on this podcast. We must be ready and prepared to meet our God. Christ Jesus, the King of glory, is on his way back and he's coming for his church without spot, without wrinkle, without stain. He is looking for us who have put on our white robes, turning from sin and living a life in the meantime, in between time of righteousness and holiness, living sober, not off in drunkenness, not off in sorcery and witchcraft and pride and sin and all manners of sexual immorality. We must live a chaste, disciplined life as we follow Jesus Christ. It's really simple. What complicate what complicates matters is that you still are making provisions for that flesh and you are constantly consistently habitually compromising your salvation you have compromised and backslidden so far away from the true and living Christ that you are living in deception that you believe living in this world, doing you, doing all what you want to do is more profitable than being humble and walking in the way that is straight and narrow you're going to find yourself in a world of pain when Jesus snatches you out of that body suit. Beloved, there is more than enough work that needs to be done that you can be doing for the Lord, but for the fact you have not inclined your ear to listen to what he has for you to do. The reason is the cares of your life is choking out the word of God. You can't hear from Jesus because you are living a life of sin 
Not only that, but you are not spending any time with him. Listen, you may not be in willful blatant sin, right? But you are not cultivating this relationship. You are just sitting back on your laurels and just are completely satisfied that you've made a confession for Christ. You're not in any willful sin, but you are not doing anything for the kingdom. That's a form of pride and selfishness as well. Listen, we got to be out in this world preaching this gospel to those who are perishing. Whether or not they they want this gospel, it does not stop us nonetheless for preaching it and demonstrating it anyway. Beloved, listen, Hebrews 3, because if we write Holy Spirit, if we are not cultivating this fellowship, this, this new position that Christ has put us in, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, having made atonement for our sins, reconciling us back to the Father, where now we are in right standing with him. No longer is his wrath upon us. But if we are not being intimate with him, fellowshipping with him, staying out of sin, inclining the ear, listening and waiting for the next assignment, or in the meantime, helping out your fellow man. But if we are not living a life cultivating this relationship, then it's going to grow stagnant. Just like in the world, when you meet someone new as a potential mate for marriage, I ain't talking about just dating and just sleeping around and you just throwing your hat in the ring to see what's going to stick. No, I'm talking about godly men and women who are single, never having been married, but they are waiting for the Lord for their mate. And so they may start to court certain people. Once that gets started, if you never call the person, if you never spend any time with the person, the person is reaching out to you. But because of your job and your life and your this and your that, you are not spending any time cultivating that relationship. Well, guess what's going to happen? It's going to get stale. It's going to get boring. Somebody is going to leave. Why? Where's the intimacy? And I'm not talking about sexual. I'm talking about getting to know the person one-on-one. Conversation. Communication. Communing. And people treat God just like that. They want the blessings of God, but no one wants to spend time with him. Listen, all it really takes is just keeping your focus on him at all times, walking with him, constantly thinking about ways that please him, 
seeking his kingdom, seeking what righteousness is, and then doing it. That's it. No one is saying, stand in a corner and just read your Bible all day. No, but just keeping your mind on him. Listen, Hebrews 3, right? How many verses is this? 19. Okay, listen. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively consider the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as as ours when we accepted him as savior namely Jesus he was faithful to him to him who appointed him apostle and high priest as Moses also was faithful in God's house Yet Jesus has been considered considered worthy of much greater glory and honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house, for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in the administration of all God's house, but only as a ministering servant, his ministry serving as a testimony of the things which were to be spoken of afterward, which is what? The revelation to come in Christ. But Christ is faithful, verse 6, as a son over his father's house, and we are his house. If, see, with all of these teachings about eternal security, like as if we are just going to tell God, listen, we know we are secured because we've made a confession a confession for Christ, all the while living a life that is characterized by sin, but because some pastor told you, no matter how you live, you are still going to meet Jesus in heaven. Rather than coming over here to Hebrews 3, looking down the barrel, the barrel of verse 6, listen, But Christ is faithful as a son over his father's house. And we are his house if we hold fast our confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ. Amen. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as your fathers did in the rebellion of Israel of Israel at Meribah on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers tried me by testing my forbearance and tolerance and saw my works for 40 years and I found and found I stood their test Amen. Again, the Lord was not playing with Israel and he ain't playing with us. 
stop testing him because at the end of the day, he is going to he is going to stand your test and you are going to end up in the lake of fire. So stop testing his forbearance. Listen, he said in verse three of Hebrews, I mean, verse 10 of Hebrews three, therefore, I was angered with this I was angered with this generation and I said they always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways nor become progressively better and more intimately acquainted with them. Amen. The Lord is saying that Israel on purpose did not come to know his ways, nor become intimately acquainted with them. Again, no one is seeking the Lord, the Lord's way. Every man wants to go their own way. So verse 11, I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, which is the promised land. No, only Joshua, Caleb, and those men and women under the age of 20, they were the only ones that got to enter into the promised land. All the others died in that wilderness. Listen, the peril of unbelief. Verse 12 And this is the warning. Now that we saw what happened with Israel, that's a lesson to be learned. Okay. Take care, brothers and sisters, after what the writers of Hebrews just laid out for us, that there not be in any any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God, but continually encourage one another every day, as long as it is called today. And there is an opportunity so that none of you will be hardened into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin its cleverness delusive glamour and sophistication listen the writers or writer of hebrews is telling us do not be deceived by sin where you find yourself now in settled rebellion because sin has glamour It is sophisticated, it is worldly, it is carnal, it is sensual. And it will deceive you right out of your salvation. So listen, verse 14. For we believers have become partakers of Christ, sharing in all that the Messiah has for us. If, okay, again, 
the Lord is hammering this into our mindsets. Salvation is conditional. No, God doesn't just snatch it away from us. We give it up by doing what? Being deceived all over again by sin and falling into it and getting ourselves all tangled up and enslaved by it all over again. Because I believe those who claim that we can't ever lose our salvation is missing the point. The point of it all is that people give it up. Well, if they give it up, then then that just means they were never born again. No, that's what you want to believe. But scriptures say otherwise. Scriptures say those who are in Christ. Those who are born again, those who have God's Holy Spirit, they have tasted the goodness of the Lord. They've experienced the new birth. They had salvation, but they gave it up. So stop twisting what John said. Well, if they left us, then that means they were never among us in the first place. He was talking about these false teachers who claim to have come in the name of Jesus as a pastor, as a shepherd, but then they went rogue. They were depraved in their minds. They fell away from the teachings, the true teachings, sound doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they broken themselves off from the vine and they went and started another church, another sect, another cult. They were never among us. That's, see, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's whom James, um, John was talking about. So anyway, back over here. Right. For we believers have come, have become partakers of Christ, sharing in all that the Messiah has for us. If only we hold firm our newborn confidence, which originally led us to him until the end. While it is said, Today, while there is opportunity, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me in the rebellion in the desert at Meribah. For, for who were they who heard and yet provoked him with rebellious acts? Was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose dead bodies were scattered in the desert? And to whom did he swear an oath that they would not enter his rest, but to those who disobeyed? Those who would not listen to his word. So we see that they were not able, verse 19, 
to enter into his rest, the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief and an unwillingness to trust in God. Amen. Beloved, listen, we are not in the dark about what is going on. So I want us to take a deeper look into Proverbs 10 verses 29 to 30. Let's read it again. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. Because, beloved, if we keep on playing, if we keep on playing with this great salvation that we have been freely given, we will not inherit this new earth that God so graciously has prepared for those who remain faithful to Jesus enduring until the end. Mm-hmm. Because listen, these two passages, verses 29 and 30, make yet another contrast between the righteous and the wicked. The righteous are strong and unmovable. The wicked will be destroyed and removed from the land. Mm-hmm. Look, the beginning of verse 29, right? The way of the Lord is strength is strength to the upright. The way of the Lord, it is a way, a road, distance, journey, manner, course of life. It is a path. It speaks of a way of life. It is the way of the Lord the right way to live with the Lord as Lord of your life. Those who have set their affections on things above and have given the Lord the place he deserves in our hearts are on the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Psalms 119.1 talks about those who are in the way of the Lord. These are they who walk in obedience to his word. If we are disobedient, then we are out of the way. We are off course. The word of God is designed to get us back on course when we wander. Amen. Listen, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 tells us all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for what? Teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, 
equipped for every good work. Amen. And so, the way of the Lord, this is the straight and narrow way. The way that refuses to walk with the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners. It is a wholly separate way. Amen. And we know from the scripture we just read. The way of the Lord is strength. It is power, beloved. It is a place of safety. A place of safety, protection, refuge, stronghold. It is a fortress. Amen. We see from Isaiah 25, 4. Speaking of the Lord, Isaiah describes him as a place of strength and safety, a place for the poor, for those in distress. Mm -hmm. Listen, those who walk in the way of the Lord find that they are in the way of this kind of strength and safety. We see from, from Psalm 6 verse 1, it tells us that God himself is our strength. Amen. And so we see in Psalms 32, 8 through 9, it talks about that if we are walking in the way of the Lord, the Lord promises to lead and guide us in that way. Amen. Beloved, we are challenged not to be stubborn when God leads. We are to follow. Did not Jesus tell us to follow him? Don't make God force us to follow in the way. Because, beloved, he pushes away the prideful. Don't incur his wrath because you want to be rebellious. Listen, the way of strength is the way of being yielded, led, surrendered. That's strength. Strength is not striving with Holy Spirit, grieving him. Our strength is that we surrender. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We submit ourselves. We yield ourselves. We, we allow ourselves to be led. Why are you being stubborn as a mule? Because the Lord is telling you to be holy. For without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. But here you are bucking up, digging in your heels, refusing to accept and listen and incline your, your ears and hearts to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you are the ones who claim you know him, you are born again, and no matter what you do, you still get to go to heaven. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, I'm serious. Well, you are deceived then. Listen, when we allow ourselves to be led, 
When that is the case, we are in a stronghold. We are safe in the will of God. Then God can strengthen us with might in the inner man. And we need a strong inner man or we will crumble. Folks, listen, okay? Our adversary has been around a lot longer than us. You keep dancing with the devil. I keep dancing with the devil and we are going to crumble and we are going to die in our sin, lift our eyes up in a burning hell, trying to figure out how did we get here? Well, we got there because we decided to drop the hand of the Lord and went a whoring with the devil. That's how. Listen, we see in Proverbs 2 verses 7 through 9 that teaches that God preserves the way of his saints and he gives them wisdom and discernment enough to stay on that right way, that good path. Let us read what Jesus tells us about that straight and narrow path. Jesus tells us over here where we at, Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14. Enter through the narrow gate. He tells us to strive. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the, and narrow the road that leads to life. And guess what, beloved? Only a few find it. Amen. And so when the Lord preserves us, who listens, follows, and obeys because that's whom Jesus was referring to that are his true sheep. The one that no man can pluck out of his hand is the one who remains on this straight and narrow way, this path, this course of living in holiness and righteousness being led and guided and comforted and instructed by Holy Spirit, that person is on the way to eternal life. So, being strong is a choice. Everyone wants to be strong, especially in those days when we really need to be strong. Mm -hmm. But not all people are strong. Not all believers are strong, but that need not to be the case with you, beloved. I hate to say this, but many believers do not have a spiritual backbone, especially when when opposition and persecution and crises and calamities come their way, instead of leaning more on Jesus, digging their heels more into the Father, 
they just crumble and then they fall away. They fall away. And so we can just name a whole bunch of reasons why people give up on Jesus. So not all believers are strong, but that need not be the case with you. Listen, Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And the cross reference to that is Proverb uh, 10.28. Gladness is their hope. Listen, it talks about joy is their strength. Listen, strong people have hope and joy. When sorrow and grief seem to overwhelm, there is something even more overwhelming. The joy of the Lord. Beloved, if the spirit is broken through grief or discouragement or depression, then we are weak. Listen, Proverbs 17, 22 talks about how a broken spirit dries the bones. Proverbs 18, 14 talks about a wounded spirit who can bear. It will crush you. It will defeat you. Listen, feelings take over. If you are so emotionally driven by everything that happens in your life. That's why we stay depressed because the focus is not on Jesus, is not on the Father, it's certainly not on eternity, but it is on yourself about your problems, your worries, your crisis, your family, your job, your money, your this, your that. You got your focus on you and your life. And guess what? This will dry up your bones. You will be depressed. You will feel overwhelmed with anxiety. And this is where, instead of leaning on God, people go to a therapist claiming to be born again, seeking man to to remedy their Sin, sick soul with what? Counseling section, uh, sessions with what? Medications, taking antidepressants. Beloved, listen, no true born again believer in Christ should be on medication to calm down the soul. Absolutely not. You want to know why? We have Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would not leave us comfortless. But because you refuse to lean on Holy Spirit, but rather go to Egypt, because that's the world, you rather go to Egypt to get a quick fix in the form of a counseling session or a pill. That don't work because if it did work, then the whole psychology, psychology industry would have been long put out of business if what they prescribe work. It do not. Listen. Psalm 32, 3 to 4 
talks about we are weak in the inner man when sin is tolerated, when sin is not confessed and it is not forsaken. Sin will will take away all your joy in the Lord and our confidence in him. You want to know why? You cannot come to God with a clear conscience and you know you are in willful sin. You will run away from him. I'm a witness, folks. Listen, I am completely transparent on this podcast. I I will tell you in a minute Take it from me, I am a witness to the mercy, the patience, the forbearance of holy God. I'm up here claiming the name of Jesus and yet I'm in willful sin. Uh Uh-uh, no, the Lord got my life right for me. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. So listen, sin will always take away our joy in the Lord and our confidence in him. That makes us an easy target for the adversary believer. I mean, for the adversary beloved. Oh yes, you keep giving. Listen, I keep giving the devil a foothold in my life. Well, we put a target on our backs when we do that. That's why we must stay out of sin. This is not to be off on some self-righteous tip as if, oh, I just got this all together. Beloved, get up out of your feelings and stop sinning. That's why Holy Spirit has me always in the podcast with 1 Corinthians 15 33 to 34, be not deceived. Bad company will corrupt your good morals. Come to your senses. The Lord is saying, come alive to righteousness. Do that and stop sinning. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Psalms 38 verses 2 to 10. This is a picture of spiritual weakness as a result of sin. That is the condition of the soul when sin is not dealt with. It is like a body with a disease, beloved. Listen, 1 John 1, 4 talks about how these things were written that our joy might be full. So what did he write about? He wrote about the way of the Lord. In verse 7 of First John 1, he talks about walking in the light. Down in verse 9 of First John 1, he talks about maintaining fellowship. He is talking about when we walk in the light, when we maintain fellowship with God, we have the joy of the Lord and we are strong in the Lord. We walk by faith. When we walk by faith, we are safe from all the fiery darts of the wicked one. 
If the Lord be for us, who can be against us, beloved? But guess what? If we forsake the way of the Lord, what does forsake means? Because a lot of people don't know really what forsake means. They may have a clue some understanding, but let us understand what it makes to forsake the Lord. It means to abandon, desert, leave, quit, depart from, leave behind, leave high and dry, turn one's back on, cast aside, give up, reject, disown, break up with, uh, Leave in the lurch, betray, drop, ditch, dump. What is it? Abandoned, jilted, rejected, dropped like a hot potato. Mm-hmm. And, and this, okay, this is how people abandon Jesus. This is how they forsake him. Listen, they give up on him. They relinquish their salvation. Relinquish means to voluntarily cease to keep or claim, give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They wash their hands of him. They, they turn their backs. They withdraw. They ax, scrub, ditch, do away with be done with a person. Like, who does that? Like, who just be done with Jesus as if he's just some mere mortal being that just gotten on your nerves one time too many and you're done? People actually treat Jesus as if he's just some random random person that you are now dead to. You know what? Sammy just did this and that to me. You know what? I'm dead to him. Really? Okay. Okay. Listen, if we forsake the way of the Lord, it is presumptuous to think that we can still experience the power of the Lord in our lives. If we forsake the way of the Lord, we have no strength. We are left to ourselves, to the power of the flesh. Mm, mm, mm. Beloved, the arm of the flesh will fail us. Listen, as believers, our strength lies in the Lord. Study Ephesians 6.10. That strength is ours as we walk in the way of the Lord, I can't say it enough. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. Because Isaiah 41, 29 to 31 talks about how the Lord gives power and strength to those who are faint. Strength comes from the Lord. So if we have forsaken the Lord, if we are not walking in the way that is straight and narrow, 
if we go a whoring back out there into the world, well, when trouble comes, because it is coming, beloved, you and I will fall away like a sack of potatoes. Because although in Christ we may have trials, tests, tribulations, but James chapter 1 tells us to count it all as joy. You can't do that when you have given up on Jesus. So every test, every trial, every calamity, every crisis that comes your way now, you won't find joy in none of that. You become weak. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And without that joy, without the way of the Lord operating in our lives, then we will crumble. Please get that understanding. Because guess what? If we step out of the way, we have stepped out. Out of the way of safety, protection, and strength. Oh yeah. So now, verse 29. At the end of verse 29. Because see, don't forget. We were, we were talking about Proverbs 10. Verses 29 to 30. Now we just dissected the, the first portion of Verse 29. Okay. So now let us let us deal with the second portion as we bring this to a close because then we are going to look at the wicked, how they will be destroyed. So we see. Hold on a second. Right. Where it says, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Okay. Because we know the way of the Lord, right? Is righteousness. It is peace. It is, it is, it is all about the kingdom of God being, being protected, finding our strength, finding our joy, knowing that we can come to God in a time of need and we can find mercy and we can find help. Um, help. Why? Because we have a clear conscience. We are not walking in sin. We are cultivating that wonderful relationship that because of Christ, we now have peace with God, right? But guess what? There is another way. The way of the enemy of the Lord. Listen, Ephesians 2 verses 2 to 3 tells us this. Beloved, before I read you Ephesians 2, you got to understand the Lord does not want us to go back to our vomit. He does not want us to go back out there into the world of which he has snatched us from. So we see over here in Ephesians 2, verses 2 to 3. No, actually, I'm going to start it at verse 1. Hold on. One second. Sometimes I just want to throw this phone out the window. But listen, never forget this one point, okay? We are made alive in Christ. 
So Ephesians 2, starting from verses 1 through 3, listen. And you, he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. You were, you were following the ways of this world influenced by this present age in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving who fight against the purposes of God. Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. Amen. See that? Beloved, the way of the world is a course of life. It is the general direction of one's life. It has nothing to do with where you where you live or what's, what is your occupation. It is a matter of the affections, affections of the heart. That way, our heart sets the whole direction of our life. It directs the feet down this pathway or that. Those whose hearts are full of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are on the course of this world. Those believers who walk in that other way, the way of iniquity will find themselves without strength. Listen, a worker of iniquity doesn't necessarily mean a murderer, adulterer, or bank robber. Iniquity is simply any step out of the way of the Lord. And this is where we find many deceived religious believers. Because although they go to church, they read their Bibles, they even teach, they even teach Sunday school. But if there is unconfessed sin in the heart, we have lost our strength. Just like Samson after his hair was cut. Beloved, when John says anyone who say they are without sin, they are a liar and the truth is not in them. He was not talking about the ones who whose lives are not characterized by sin. They are not in willful sin. So if you ask them, don't you sin? We all sin. And when they say no, 
My life is not characterized by sin. They want to pull out what John said, because if you say you have no sin, then you are a liar. Come on, join in with us. We all got something. No, he's talking about the liar is the one who has unconfessed sin in their heart. These people don't repent. Because they believe they are not in sin. They believe that their future sins, their past, present, and future sins have all been nailed to the cross. So there's no reason to repent that they can stay in sin because God's grace abounds more. And they've been taught in error that future sins have all been forgiven as well. When scripture is clear that our past sins has been forgiven, the past ones, the ones we've come to Christ with, those sins have been forgiven. The one in the future, nowhere in scripture does it even implies that future sins were also taken care of at the cross. Don't believe me? Romans chapter 3. If we look at verse 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Amen. Do we see anything in here about future sins? No. And if we read it in the Amplified, because that was the King James, the Amplified says, let's come, verse 25, whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-given sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation, which is propitiation, by his blood to be received through faith. This was, this was to demonstrate his righteousness, which demands punishment for sin, because in his forbearance, his deliberate restraint, he passed over the sins previously committed before Jesus' crucifixion. Amen. So when we come to the cross to have our sins forgiven, it it is those sins we bring to the cross. And if we miss the mark in the present, then we have 1 John 1, 9. We do have an advocate in heaven. Jesus Christ, his blood will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but we do not take 1 John 1, 9 that says, when we confess, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our, of our sin and he will cleanse us, purge us from all unrighteousness. Amen. But by no means do we take 1 John 1, 9 as a license 
to live a life that is characterized by sin. Amen. That's why Jesus tells us, do not let anyone lead you astray. Amen. It is, it is dangerous when we do that. So, getting back to how iniquity is simply any step out of the way of the Lord. So, we know destruction is ruin. It is terror. It is a breaking. And so when we face eternal destruction, we are looking at the wrath of God, the lake of fire for all those who willfully reject, reject, denounce, give up on Jesus and do not go the way that is straight and narrow. Again, he tells us in John 4, excuse me, in John 14, 6, he is the way. So if we are not following the way of the Lord, then we are looking at destruction because those who choose not to walk in the way of the Lord have wandered away from the place of of safety and ref, excuse me and refuge. Amen. Hold on. Let me drink some of this tea. <clears throat> this is what happens when you when you talk a lot. The throat gets dry very quickly. So, what was I saying? Right. Mm-hmm. The believer who departs from the way of the Lord opens the door for ruin and destruction to enter his life. Those who choose the life of sin will soon find themselves in a mess. A mess of their own making. Beloved, when believers walk away from the Lord and make a mess of their lives, they sometimes, and no, no, not sometimes, always will discover that the grass is not any greener on the other side. The Bible tells us that the way of the transgressor is hard. And then what happens? They go to their wolf pastor and want him to recite a Bible verse and make the mess go away. And this is where we find predators. With all of their deliverance ministries that they they hype on social media. If you want the devil cast out of you, then come on down to our church because every Wednesday, no, every every second and third Wednesday of the month, we will be casting out demons. Beloved, let me let me help us all out here, right? We know that as believers, we do have the anointing to cast out a demon, right? 
but it is as the Holy Spirit wills. We cannot on any day of the week say that the Holy Spirit is going to show up on this day at this time and there will be healings and miracles and casting out demons. No, and this is where we find a lot of false prophets and prophetess fleecing God's people in this area of spiritual warfare. I can't tell you about the tens of millions of dollars of books that have been sold on how to cast out demons, calling demons out by their names. What else they do? All of this rebuking and binding of the devil. They have made millions upon millions in this area of spiritual warfare. When for free, the Holy Spirit teaches us how to not have the devil mess with you. It's when you submit yourself to God, when you resist the devil. Because you see, believers who are in willful, blatant sin, they always want a quick fix. Because once the adversary starts causing chaos in their lives, they know something is amiss. And then and then rather than hunkering down, repenting, confessing that sin, submitting themselves to God, they rather run off to these false ministries claiming deliverance of demons when the problem is you keep opening up the door to Satan because of your willful sin. You are in disobedience. It's no wonder the devil is messing with you like he was messing with me when I was claiming the name because I, just like you, keep opening up the door to sin. James told us in chapter four, when we submit, when we surrender, when we give our lives to God in obedience, we are to resist the devil. That means say no to sin. Stop playing on his playground. When we do that, he will flee. Why? Because we are not giving him any play. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When you constantly, consistently, habitually gives the devil a play, then that's what he's going to do with you. He is going to play with you. He's going to drag you down. You are going to be defeated. You are not going to experience the kingdom of God, which is what peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. You're not going to have any of that. And then rather than you coming up out of that sin, you run to these wolves in sheep's clothing for $1,999. They are going to teach you warfare praying, uh, praying so that the devil can cease running havoc in your life. Well, if you stop sinning and giving him access to your life, 
you will find the way of the Lord is is easy. It it is peace peaceful. It is joyful. It is comforting that when a situation shows up, we can run to the Father in safety. Amen. And so they run to the pastor looking for him to recite a Bible verse and make the whole mess go go away. Beloved, again, it doesn't work that way. Listen, Proverbs 131 talks about this principle. If you make a mess, you got to eat it. So let's quickly, as we bring this to a close, come over here to Proverbs 131. Because look what it says. They will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Amen. They who? The wicked. Those who will not accept God's advice and they spurn his rebuke. These are they that reject the Holy Spirit, his wisdom. They pay no attention. And when correction comes, they say no. These are they that would have none of his counsel. They despise all of his reproof, all of his correction, all of his rebuke. They want nothing of it. They disdainfully reject every rebuke from the Lord. And so because of that, verse 31, they will eat of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. They will eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Uh-huh. Yep. Their own schemes. The wicked shall eat of the fruit of their own wicked way and be satiated with the penalty of their own devices. They they will eat the ways of their, they will eat the fruit of their ways and they will be filled with their own counsels. You don't want that. You don't want, listen, <laughs> that's why I thank you, Holy Spirit. The Lord says we need to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. Okay, you do not want to be filled with your own ungodliness. Trust me when I when I tell you that. Listen, you will get what you deserve and your actions will make you sick. Yeah, well, oh, okay. How many different translations I want to give you of that? Uh-huh. Four. Verse 32, 
the waywardness of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Mm-hmm. Look at the cross reference, Job 4 8. And I have observed those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble reap the same. Proverbs 5.22, the iniquities of a wicked man entrap him. The cords of his sin entangle him. Proverbs 5.23, the next verse, he dies for a lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. Proverbs 8.36, but he who fails to find me, harms himself. All who hate me love death. This is what the Lord is saying to the one who wants to go their own way. They hate him. And because they hate him, they love death. Proverbs 12, 14, by fruitful, by fruitful speech, a man is filled with good things and the work of his hands returns to him. Amen. From uh, Proverbs 13, 2, from the fruit of his lips, a man enjoys good things, but the desire of the faithless is violence. I'm going to leave you with Proverbs Proverbs 14, 14, the backslider in heart receives the, the fill of his own ways, but a good man is rewarded for his ways. Amen. Hold on. I, I, I got to, I got to save these scriptures. Y'all just hold on a minute because I see much to gleam from these scriptures right here. Hold on. I'm taking y'all on a journey through my phone. Okay. So just hold on. Let me come over here. Come on phone. Let me come over here and just, I, I need to save that whole bank of scriptures. Cause I, I, I need to meditate on those. So in closing, all right, folks, listen, Let's let's just go on and wrap this up. And the reason why we needed to spend time meditating and learning from this proverb, it is rich with information and destruction about those who walk in the way of the Lord, in the way of righteousness, seeking what is good and right and and doing those things that pleases the Lord versus rather than those who go their own way because that way is the way of destruction. It is the broad way that leads to eternal destruction. So those who choose the life of sin will always find themselves in a hot mess. Mm -mm, always. Listen. Verse 30, right? Of Proverbs 10. It, it tells us that the righteous shall never be removed. 
Mm-hmm. This is quite similar to verse 29. Removed here means slip. It speaks of insecurity. The righteous shall never be insecure. Verse 29 states that the righteous will be strong. And verse 30 states that the righteous will be immovable. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 10.25 tells us that the wicked are tossed about like a whirlwind. But the righteous are an everlasting foundation. They are solid. They are secured. They are not about to be blown away. Why? Because they remain abiding in Jesus Christ. That's why Ephesians 4.14 teaches that the righteous will grow in the Lord. As he keeps on walking in the way of the Lord. Amen. In that pathway, beloved, you will mature and become discerning. Amen. You will not be tossed to and fro. You will be on a solid foundation. Psalm 16, 8 teaches us that the one who sets the Lord before him always shall not be moved. Listen, other people may be shaken from their footings, but not the one who sets the Lord before him. Amen. Psalms 112, 5 through 8 talks about the good man, the righteous man. In verse 5 of Psalms 1, 2, of, 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 blah, 112, Psalms 112 verse 5 talks about this good man. He is he is gracious and he is gracious and guides his affairs with discretion. This good man who follows the way of the Lord his affairs will be guided with discretion. Verse 6 says that he will not be moved. He is solid. Verse 8 of Psalms 112 says this good man is not full of fear because he is fixed on the Lord. This should be a goal for all of us, beloved, and for our children, that we would be gracious, discerning, and stable, and steadfast like a rock. That's not impossible. We have, we have rock solid believers in this body. And we, and we praise the Lord that we remain on the path that is straight and narrow. Amen. But the wicked shall not inherit the earth. Verse 30. Because listen, some choose, uh, beloved, I'm, I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. I'm I'm trying to bring this to a close. Some choose to walk in the way of the world, in the way of the wicked. They shall not inherit the earth. They shall be cast out. Proverbs 2.22 tells us that eventually wicked men will be rooted out of the earth. 
even if it does take the great tribulation period and the second coming of Christ to accomplish this, they will be taken out. Solomon, that great preacher, wants his sons and us to follow his wisdom and to follow the way of the Lord. If so, we we will live long, verse 27. We will be glad, verse 28. And we will be strong, verse 30. Stable and steadfast. Amen, amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for wisdom. Thank you that we can turn to the pages of your word and find wisdom. Wisdom is telling us this day to walk in the way of the Lord. Do not walk in the way of the wicked. The way of the wicked is hard and it leads to eternal destruction, the lake of fire. But the way of the Lord leads to eternal life. That's the way your children ought to be walking the straight and the narrow path. It is hard to find that path because many want to take the path of least resistance. They don't want to crucify that flesh. They, they want what the world has, but then they want the security, the eternal security that affords, if you will, those who remain in Jesus will inherit the kingdom of God. And so we have many false teachers and prophets coming up with these doctrines of demons, lulling people to a false sense of security that they have everlasting life only because they believe in Jesus, but then there are no works of righteousness showing up in their lives. They twist your word, Father, because they are in sin too. So they are not teaching the way to go. They are tickling ears. They are making merchandise of your people and they are fleecing them. They promise freedom, but they themselves are in sin. There is no freedom in sin. Absolutely not. There is only freedom in Christ Jesus. So Father, I pray that those who have ears, may they hear what the Holy Spirit has taught us today. The way of the Lord is the way to go and we shall and we shall not forsake Jesus. For nothing, no one, anything in this earth. Because this earth as we know it will pass away with intense heat. Thank you, Father, for being the way. Thank you for showing us the way. And may we all stay on the way to eternal life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. 
Amen. Glory be to God. Beloved, I know I completely ran over my time, but glory be to God that we have this instruction. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. And Lord willing, I should be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.